Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 90 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. You are joining us for our KetoCon wrap-up and Q&A session. Allie Miller here along with my fearless co-host, Becky. Hi, everyone. (laughs) So we're super pumped. Today's uh, show notes were fun to put together, kind of just processing, and I just got my voice back, (laughs) I swear, from a long, (laughs) grueling weekend. And um, this was the second time that I vended at this. Uh, and lectured as a keynote and then also did a panel and all of the things, all of the adrenal support were on high demand and it was fantastic meeting all of you and giving hugs and making connections. But I am ready to breathe this weekend for sure. (laughs) I agree. And I I had a lecture this evening and started losing my voice. So if you guys hear a little bit of a... (laughs) Yeah. crack. It's just because we're having fun. <laughs> also, I think we might be having a little bit of a downgrade to our recording system because episode 89, we recorded at KetoCon and it was why I hate non-nutritive or non-caloric sweeteners, basically any you know, fake sweetener, whether we call it artificial like Splenda or we call it natural like Stevia. Uh, it's an awesome episode. I definitely recommend you guys, uh, maybe don't pause and stop. Keep going. Today's a good episode too, but uh, make sure you check it out. And uh, you may notice a change in the recording because we recorded there on the equipment that was provided by Keto Evangelist uh, crew. So it's pretty awesome doing that too. Yeah, we'll get there someday, guys. But (laughs) (laughs) be easy, tread lightly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you how many people, even just this past couple of days, I've told about that episode. Um, And we've gotten a lot of buzz on Instagram, but no pushback, I don't think yet. Mostly people who are pretty on board with what we had to say. I think that cool. we're like driving that charge and I will stand strong and tall and loud about it. We talked, I think, was it a couple episodes about if I would find a non-caloric sweetener that I might fall in love with? And I was like, it's just not going to happen. The concept just does not work with my mindset of whole real foods and tricking your palate and recalibrating to channel savory. So yeah, I, I think that that's the way to make a real food keto and to break up with sugar for good. Yep. And when something sounds too good to be true or it's a brand new, just hit the market product, I can't trust it as far as I can throw it, as far as I'm concerned. This is true. So let's open up with that, Becky. We yeah. always <laughs> tend to, from, so from Paleo Effects and KetoCon, uh, most recent two conferences we've been at and involved in, We tend to come home with swag bags and all of the treats. (laughs) So (laughs) what were some of the best new discoveries of products? And then we'll share with our listeners some timeless favorites that we were happy to run into and eat and gobble up all their samples. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. My favorite thing about these conferences is I'm traveling a lot this summer and literally I have a a snack bin that (laughs) it's like anally labeled snacks even though it's clear what's in it. Um, awesome. <laughs> I have a snack bin that, you know, all of you awesome vendors basically stock it up. And then I go into that whenever I have a trip and pull out all the kind of travel size products and just take them with me, which is amazing. Um, but I think one of my favorite things that I tried um, was definitely the Outer Isle Gourmet Cauliflower Pizza Crust and their Cauliflower Sandwich Thins. I was really... Yes. Yeah. Um, I was super impressed with this product in terms of, uh, I believe it was between three and five ingredients mm-hmm. between the, the sandwich thins and the pizza crust. The flavor was there. It was really good. They were using cauliflower, Parmesan cheese, and 
egg. Is that right, Allie? I was just going to check it. What is the other ingredient? (laughs) Google, pause, Google. Uh, But it definitely was cauliflower, Parmesan cheese, and seasonings. And um, really whole food oriented, no weird funky binders, no added fibers like chicory root or inulin or things that could throw off your gut microbiome and super clean. And they were fantastic. I honestly, I'm not a big fan of products per se. So I had heard about it, but never tried it. And now that I have tried it, I will definitely be purchasing it. Brady has talked about it twice now. He's like, dude, I really think Stella would like those. (laughs) So like it has to go down and uh, we will purchase them. They're in the refrigerated section apparently by like Siete Tortillas. Yeah. And I, I forgot to check when I went to Whole Foods yesterday if they were in, but I did hear they're at Whole Foods in most states. And it looks like both the cauliflower crust and the sandwich thins, the ingredients are cauliflower, parm, eggs, and then there is nutritional yeast added. So that is something we've talked about. I don't know if you're still on board with that or not. I think it's not a game change. It's not something that I recommend as a health food, but it's not something that I would look like a a full loss for the product. So yeah, I'm still on board. And pizza crust, you know, thinking about this more of as a treat or once or twice a month kind of pizza night thing. And what's cool is they come in two packs and they're individual, like personal size. So you could do two and kind of customize. You could do them mini sandwich things. Stella could have a, a mini pizza. So yeah. I love it. We tried them on, um, and, and I think once you give them a nice toast, they have a really nice texture. We tried them with pesto. And then just to kind of address the nutritional yeast thing that Becky, Becky brought up, the big thing that I'm not about with nutritional yeast, I actually had it in one of my slides for my anti-anxiety diet presentation, is that the B vitamins in it, often food bloggers and nutritionists and such talk about how nutritional yeast is such a great form of minerals and B vitamins. Well, there is synthetic fortification of it. So it does have folic acid instead of methylfolate or a uh, biological form or bioavailable form of folate. So for those individuals that have MTHFR, that's not going to be a great ingredient. So again, like you said, the way that I think this is used and the type of this product, I don't think it's a game change. I'd much rather see something like nutritional yeast over probably inulin and chicory and things like that, honestly, to be, to be true as far as the impact and, and frequency factor. Yeah. And we spoke with the, the reps at the booth and I believe the founder um, about some of the other crusts and they were comparing their product to, you know, what's available in Trader Joe's, et cetera. And we were speaking to the, certainly the macros of it were really impressive, I would say as well, like Trader Joe's cauliflower pizza crust, I think is upwards of 20 grams of carbs still and has corn corn in it. Yeah. Corn and the other ones I've seen have had corn and or potato starch. It's like, so you buy a cauliflower crust thinking it's low carb. You have to always read your ingredients and yeah. nutrition facts, both ingredients I drive with because quality over quantity. But of course, if you're doing a low carb, high fat ketogenic lifestyle, <laughs> you can't be eating a pizza crust that has 20 grams of carbs. No bueno. Exactly. So we'll so, give that one a stamp of approval. Yeah, I would. I would give that a best new product list. And the next one I want to feature is Peak Yogurt. Yeah. I super stoked about this. So it couldn't have come at a better time. I had just literally the day prior when I saw a patient recommended Ziggy's triple cream yogurt. So I usually recommend Wallaby whole fat Greek yogurt, which is a 4.5% fat. And then I just discovered Siggy's, which is that Icelandic yogurt. Now, um, I like the wallaby because they're pasture-raised, grass-fed. I believe Siggy's states that they do free-range or grass-fed cows. It's definitely RGHB-free. And their triple cream has, I think, 9% fat. So I was like, woohoo, 9% fat. This is like amazing, way higher than wallabies. I found this brand Peak Yogurt out of California. They have 17% fat. Amazing. And they did this really amazing uh, little taste where they took the yogurt with black pepper and olive oil. It was phenomenal. I would sit there and eat that. And I am someone who tolerates yogurt well. I actually talked to their two owners who were super cool. 
and uh, they were familiar with our podcast. They had listened to Yeah, they knew us. They (laughs) did. I did a push-up contest. I still haven't heard, so maybe I didn't win, Becky, but... Um, I probably came in second. Yeah, I felt really strong. (laughs) I I did a push-up contest. I think my arms and pecs are still hurting um, to win a case of yogurt. And yeah, one of the owners was like, it's Allie Miller. It's like, oh, I always, it's always interesting to be called by your full name. So that was really cool. And they listened to our dairy episode. And even one of their owners, Mimi was saying, oh, I thought your anti-anxiety diet book is dairy free. So she was in it. She knew our brand um, and we're hoping to bring them on as sponsors because we really liked them. We liked their mission and we thought that they were definitely one of our top new products and uh, they are right now doing a delivery service. So you'll have to search them. We'll definitely put a link in our show notes, but it's worth it guys. It is creamy, decadent and their macros are phenomenal. It is less than 10 grams of carbs. I think some of them were eight and, um, Again, getting over 20 grams of fat. It's the only keto yogurt I know of on the market. And their flavored yogurts, I was even more stoked to see, leading back to last episode's topic on why I hate non-caloric sweeteners, they did use a little bit of cane in there. And that's okay, because at least you're not giving this hyper-sweet without the glucose response. You're teaching the body to learn about real food. And even the sweetened yogurts, the two flavored ones, were still under 10 grams of carbs. Yeah, we love, love, love. And I'm someone who doesn't do a ton of dairy. I did just fine with the samples that I tried and usually okay. do fine with yogurt. Um, and Mimi and Evan were both amazing and awesome. Mimi's a fellow Smithy, so I have to give props to her for that as well. Just Smithy's supporting Smithy's, you know. <laughs> Don't really know what that means, but I know it's a tiny school. <laughs> yeah, it's super tiny, so you just kind of know. Um <laughs> But they were so awesome, and I'm look for, looking forward to hopefully seeing their products getting out there in the keto world. Yeah, for sure. And um, the other one, how about you talk about the next one that you were obsessed yeah. with? That I got a jar of from Yeah. Well, <laughs> I bought three jars, and I'm like, oh my gosh, should I have gotten more? So good. So Eating Evolved, who have been out there in terms of their chocolate bars and online in terms of their keto cups. They make uh, chocolate that is, you know, free of soy lecithin. They have one called the Midnight Coconut Bar that I personally am a huge fan of. Some people hate it because it's very bitter. It's 100% cacao. I actually really like it. And I always dip it in either almond butter or peanut butter. But this weekend, what I discovered is that they have a toasted coconut butter that is on the market, not in stores yet. And it was so, you know, coconut butter already is really rich and creamy and sweet. And because they naturally, yeah, yeah. And it adds this new layer when you toast it of like super delicious flavors. So I was over there dipping, you know, for my 3 p.m. chocolate fix or whatever you want, the midnight coconut bar in the coconut butter. And it was the bomb. It was so good. Amazing. And their keto cups have a little bit of, I believe, monk fruit. Is that right? Yep. A little bit of monk fruit. I will say that to me, honestly, I did taste them still. They did not taste sweet. So as far as my argument of that like hypersensitive sweetness, overstimulation, whereas there were definitely some like ice cream products that I did a courtesy taste of that to me tasted like (laughs) birthday cake that I don't even remember from back in the day, not real food. I will say that, you know, I would like to see them come out with an option of original that's unsweetened completely. They but, are. But, and they said, so, right. So, but even with that- They used said, to have one. Yeah. Uh, and they said they're coming back with it. Because so I was like, where they is They have it? to. And we're going to fight that good fight, yeah. girlfriend, because yeah. you know what? I've seen people already comment on the midnight bars. And um, I think they just need to buckle up and shut up and start adjusting their palate to be more accepting of alkaloids. Because- those are bitter compounds. Those usually that usually that's the the theobromine, the antioxidant compound in cacao that creates that bitter alkaloid flavor. And cacao by weight has the most antioxidants of like anything on the planet. So you know, again, if you don't like it, dip it in some almond butter, dip it in some coconut toasted butter, and start to retrain your palate. I think that's an important say, process. Evolve your palate, right? Be like evolve. <laughs> And I love their mantra or phrase about chocolate as a food, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Something chocolate as I a must food, have talked to their reps 
20 times throughout the weekend. Every time I would pass by, I'm like, it's me again. And I'm grabbing another little hit of chocolate. So all good vibes there. Good. So awesome. So let's talk about timeless favorites. So those were for us new discoveries of the products that we saw as repeats and whatnot. Um, and we'll keep these a little shorter, otherwise we'll be here forever. But um, so <laughs> F-bombs, I first discovered them actually last year at KetoCon. I'm obsessed with them because they just use whole nuts and coconut. Uh, they have a new flavor, pecan coconut, which literally tastes like pecan pie in your mouth and doesn't have any sweetener. It's just pecans. It's roasted pecans, toasted coconut, and sea salt. Those are the three ingredients. Absolutely dreamy. And I love their their macros. I love the integrity of the product. I love that they don't use any non-caloric sweeteners. In fact, their chocolate one uses an 80% chocolate bar that they melt down. I love them so much. I love Ross and the whole family. And I will be doing a giveaway for you guys Probably by the time you hear this, the giveaway will be live. I just have to get myself active on Instagram and set that up. And um, I have five boxes to donate to you wonderful listeners. So stay tuned and go to Allie, at Allie Miller RD to get the details of that promo. But they've been doing so much with like uh, Ragbri, different athletes. And we talked a lot about the influence of non-caloric sweeteners. And um, I'll space bar that because I think that's a topic we'll get to, but we'll stick on products. So yes. F-bombs, favorite, so good. timeless. <laughs> How about so, so good. And the, the pecan pie one, I have to say, I accidentally tried a quote unquote pecan pie nut butter from another vendor. And the lady like literally just kind of shoved the sample in my face. I was like, okay, I'll try it. It'll be fine. It was so damn sweet. It was disgusting. And mm-hmm. then I went back and tried the the new flavor of their F-bombs. I'm like, why can't every product be like this? Yeah. So, huge fan. Oh, and regardless of giveaways, the real quick note on them, I do have a link for you guys. So if yes. you haven't tried F-bombs, definitely you can go to our link tree, which is on Instagram. So you can go Allie Miller RD, click our bio. And on our bio, it's actually t- tap bio instead of link yes. tree. But you get 20% off your first order if you put in the code Allie Miller RD. And we'll put notes in our show notes, but you can also just click the link in the bio and you get 20% off your first order. They have MCT oil, they have avocado oil, olive oil packs, which are awesome for travel. I just, they're just awesome. They're phenomenal. Those have been a huge travel game changer for me, for mm-hmm. sure. With- how much we travel and sometimes where we travel, where I can't get good quality fats. Oh, so yeah. Big time. Um, and then I would say next one for me was um, Fox Hill Kitchen. So I think I had seen them at Paleo Effects like two years ago when I went by myself or even three years ago. And I, I made you eat them in my house once yeah. I remember. That's why I tried them. All- yeah. I tried them as a sample a million years ago, forgot about it, and then rediscovered it, I think in this past year at your place. And Byron, my husband, is like a big bagel. He loves like a good New York bagel. I will never understand it because I just don't eat bagels. Um, But he has said that they're the closest thing Mm -hmm. other than like one other recipe that I've made. But for something you can purchase, the flavors are there and they're using a lot of really yummy, savory spices and foods in them as well. Uh, I believe it's psyllium husk. And yeah. then do you know the, the ingredients? It's, it's, pretty, much almond, it's yeah. pretty much almond flour, egg white, psyllium husk, and then seasonings. Yeah. So it's super clean, really good macros. I, I'm telling you the first time I went really tight into keto and started like monitoring my blood and was like, I'm locking and loading versus tipping my toe in and out. It was my favorite thing to have a half of those. Cause I think that the total bagel is like 10 to 12 grams of carbs. And I would have a half with two slices of bacon and a fried egg with truffle salt. And I was like, or sometimes I'd put the everything but the bagel seasoning on top of it. Speaking yeah. of bagels, I say the word bagel weird, but um, yeah, I know. Um, but it was, yeah, I think that they're awesome. They were serving them up with Kerrygold and ghee and toasted yeah. and yeah, 
totally yeah. amazing. I've uh, got that, some in the freezer. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a totally fantastic product and great if you're transitioning to a low carb lifestyle and you want a bread option. They have like little buns as well as bagels. And then um, the next one I would call out Peely Nuts. So if you haven't heard of these, these are the highest fat containing nuts. Um, I'm not going to go off about them more than that, but they're awesome. They have some, some fun flavors. I am bummed personally. I didn't buy a bag when I was there. So I, and I didn't even get a sample when I was there, but I know oh, no. that. I have some. Remind me to bring you them. <laughs> okay, good. Because I, I had them actually the first time ever at Paleo Flex this year. I hadn't tasted them. Um, and so, yeah, I thought they were phenomenal. I love the taste and the texture and um, just a really great product for on the go as well. Uh, mm. And then meat vendors. Yeah. I have to say that their, their founder, Jason, I just have to make a side note. We had a great conversation with him about how he discovered them on a surfing trip in the Philippines. And then he gave my husband all kinds of crazy ideas of the next place for us to travel. So oh my gosh. watch your back, Jason. Because yeah. I, <laughs> I may or may not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and then on to some of our favorite kind of tried and true that we've talked about a lot. I would say epic brand. Mm -hmm. uh, we always love seeing them and hitting up pork rinds as like a yep. afternoon crunchy salty. Yep. They had their pork rinds all over because even uh, Primal Kitchen, we were having their fun different types of salad dressings and aiolis that they have now and their chipotle lime mayo all drizzled on epic pork rinds. So that was fun having both of those vendors there. And I think I ate like at least a pound of Peterson sausages. Oh my gosh. Uh, Lifesavers. <laughs> yeah. They were behind us a little bit. And, um, you know, I was fasting a lot of the time there and it was just the easiest thing to just grab the, their, um, cabal, what are those called? Kielbasa, kielbasa, kielbasa sausage. I was I about to worry. say the name of a pathogen. So was I, Klebsiella. I was too. Kielbasa? Yeah, I think you're saying yeah. it right. Ish. They were amazing. <laughs> and Peterson's blew my mind because they have individually packed yes. bacon. So cool. And it doesn't have sugar added. So uh, that was a one-up actually over Epic in that sense. Uh, because I know Epic's uh, maple bacon has sweetener in it. So I have had that have a little influence on my um, blood sugar. But the Petersons, I was super pumped. They use rosemary as an extract, so clean and awesome. And I've already rescued Stella from a meltdown with that in the diaper bag. Oh my so gosh. Holla. It's like game changer for your bacon obsessed, amazing child. Yes. So like that in itself was like done deal yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah. I and keep then, finding them in my backpack too. So Yeah, I <laughs> wish I would have grabbed a couple more. Um, and then uh, Vital Proteins were there. They're always great. Love their collagen and their gelatin. Uh, Keto Mojo was there with Jimmy Moore and all of his things. And uh, so that's one of my favorite, uh, my favorite probably blood sugar meter and ketone meter. And then um, Sogo uh, meat sticks as well. And they were there with their cute little baby bopping around and um, just a really cool family company. So all those brands are awesome. We'll put links yeah. in our show notes. Let's go on to trends of things that we saw at the conference. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So in terms of trends, you know, there was a lot in the products that we didn't super love um, in terms of products we haven't mentioned and some of the non-caloric sweetener stuff. Um, but I think in general, maybe not seen in the products themselves, I heard a lot of talk of focusing more on real food and maybe yes. not taking some of these keto shortcuts or going for the non-caloric sweeteners. Right. So there was at least talk of it, right? Well, and I think that's the merge. So, you yeah. know, keto really kind of made a separate tide. There's both the keto athlete element, which athletes are so prone to like branch chain amino acids and this electrolyte formula. And I want L-arginine for a vasodilator and, you know, creatine and, and those types of products. So there's that whole realm within keto really packaged for that high performance athlete. And there is a component of that within the community for sure. But even those individuals, and then, you know, there's this merge of like the paleo community transitioning in people learning about keto's benefits, <laughs> hence our hashtag that I'm obsessed with getting out in the masses of keto as medicine, you know, beyond epilepsy, how 
ketones can be therapeutic for hormone balance and cognitive function and anti-inflammatory support, neurological support, and so much more. So there's people that are starting to look at this as a mechanism or uh, intervention to heal their bodies. And I think those individuals are looking at it with a completely different scope. And so engaging and interacting with that type of an audience is really cool to see the community getting that way and to starting to ask questions and to start to see more product exposure on a real food focus. So I was pumped to see that um, even in the transition from last year to this year's KetoCon. Yes. And then, you know, we talked about the non-caloric sweeteners. There were a lot of exogenous ketone products as well that so BHB for those of you yeah. that aren't familiar beta hydroxybutyrate mm-hmm. and that's another I think again used more in athletic performance but yeah. kind of too good to be true in my opinion yeah yeah a lot of people ask about it and I gotta tell you I remember last year uh again at KetoCon I, I took some BHB liquid thing I was a lot more like okay sure I'll, I'll guinea pig it and I didn't have, I, I did have a little bit of a, like a, a rev of definitely energy and a little high octane hit. Um, but I had a harder time the day after. And that's kind of my perspective is I'm much more prone towards like using our boost and burn to optimize your ketogenic performance or production of ketones because L-carnitine is one of the primary limiting agents in ketone production. So giving yourself that metabolite um, and derivative is going to drive the carnitine synthase shuttle, uh, which is going to help to drive your body's use of fat as fuel. Uh, so that to me makes sense as far as teaching the body to do the work versus providing the body the downstream compound. Now, the only other place that BHB is a great tool is in the epileptic community. So of course, if people are using ketosis as a way to manage epilepsy and are weaning off of drugs and are monitoring their ketones to keep themselves seizure-free and they're seeing lows, it's amazing for them to have a tool to keep themselves at therapeutic levels. So you know, I think that there's a place, but I think that for those of us that are doing it for a wellness technique versus a disease management technique that we really want to, and even with disease management, we want to rely on the body to do the work and support foundationally first, and then use that as an aftermath tool. And for those that are doing it for wellness, I wouldn't consider it. Yes. And we've talked about it as like a potential intervention for like keto flu, but even then it's kind of like, look at your electrolytes, bring in some boost and burn and maybe play with it once or twice. I've taken it pre-workout and thought that my heart was going to explode. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And um, the other thing, of course, that, that can be a limiting agent to ketone production is DHEA. So if you're someone that is going through high stress changes, divorce, a job change, you're dealing with insomnia or chronic fatigue syndrome, definitely prioritize taking adaptogens and adrenal support compound like our stress support bundle because that's going to fuel your whole body response and that is going to help you to make ketones. So again, get to the root versus treating the peripheral because that's just replacing another approach of conventional type mindset of medicine versus working with whole body health and well care. So I think that's an awesome way to sum it up. Let's talk about some of the trends of some of the lectures that we yes. heard. I don't know that I sat in a full lecture the entire weekend, just we were back and forth, but we got to, um, at oh, least yeah. the, you know, halfies I, and, and I saw a lot. I thought, periphery. yeah, yeah. And our, our positioning was awesome with the expo. Yes, so we exactly. in and see a lot of friends and, um, definitely connect with some new people in the field. It was, it was awesome. So one of the biggest things I think that was an important highlight was the whole N equals one. And, and that whole concept of, again, you are an individual, you are a complex chemistry equation, not a calculator. And I think that that's something that so many people really emphasized throughout their lectures. Um, you know, Leanne definitely hit that. When I saw Drew talk, he was hitting on that. Vanessa, I, I mean, uh, um, also Allison Gannett, when she was talking about her brain tumor and the influence of, you know, her eating nine cups of vegetables a day, and then people on the other end of the spectrum restricting vegetables completely. Um, it really came back to, and, and I love, of course, Allison's perspective. She was on our podcast, so we'll link her uh, episode for sure in the show notes. 
but um, you know, she really gets like us into the data and the science and epigenetics and metabolic pathways and individualized needs and monitoring biomarkers, which I feel is so important if you're going to be using this as a biohack. And Dr. John Lemansky talked about that as well. So I think that was a big trend in the medical lectures and also just the keto health podcast and bloggers about you are individual, listen to your own feedback. Yes, I thought that was awesome. And that's something we tell clients all the time is it's not a perfect, you know, it's not a perfect equation. Or what you say, Ali, is that we are complex chemistry experiments, not, you know, calculators. So your right. macros don't work for someone else. And like this supplement at this dosage isn't going to work for every single person and yes. getting to that individual biochemical level. Right. And, and when so, you need to pulse something, you know, like, yeah. so you may need a certain thing like a B12 lozenge three times a week, but maybe not every day. Um, so I think it's really important to be aware of the mechanism of action of what you're putting in your body, what it does, and your practitioner should empower you with that. And that's a tool I really like in our clinic. When we give people a supplement table, I like to have them as their homework, fill out what they're taking, why they're taking it and when they're taking it so that they really can have that empowerment and not just be like, I don't know, Allie told me to take it. <laughs> I think that really helps. Yep. And connecting the why in your body so you can know if you're feeling the change, right? Like, For sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then what did you, I don't know if I caught this, but what did you overhear about net carbs versus total carbs? Because I know that's always I, yeah. a big debate topic. I think the general consensus was going back to total carbs because net carbs can be really tricky. The labeling can be very inconsistent. We can't for sure say a hundred percent that we don't metabolize any of that fiber. So, um, you know, I think there were still some people that talked about higher fiber for satiety, but the general consensus is moving towards watching total carbs. And that's always how we've run our virtual food as medicine keto program. So I was pumped to hear that. And that also means that, again, in the industry that is fighting for, oh, but the net carbs are only this because we sure. added inulin and, and chicory and these things that are going to destroy your butt lining, but <laughs> total carbs, you know, it's like, no, no, no. So I think that's a really awesome trend we're seeing. And also an individualized approach of a lot of lecturers talked about if you're hitting a stall or if you're having dermatological concerns or inflammatory conditions or blood sugar irregularities, cold sores, you name it, some things to consider are then removing the dairy and or removing nuts. So those are big trends I heard also as like hacks or problem solving. And I think that that goes along the concepts of an elimination diet, you know, again, listening to biofeedback from the body. And the idea would be that I always recommend to clients if you're at that timestamp and you don't want to go into that MRT test, if it's cost prohibitive, or you're not having severe food sensitivity, then you could just pull each out for a minimum four week, upwards of six week period of time to give yourself enough time to see a change and then strategically challenge bringing it back in. So you at least have that direct data and feedback. Sure. I think that's awesome. And, and I'll make sure I link to the MRT just in case we want to go there, but yeah, that's a good Good place to start for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think. And of course, that's because yeah. you're already keto. So you've already pulled sure. out gluten. You've already pulled sure. out corn. You've already, you know, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. disclaimer there. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I, I think something else we heard was more a focus on health and biomarker change and a change in, you know, mental clarity and how we're feeling versus chasing numbers either on the scale yes. or on the ketone meter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love that. And uh, Louis from Keto Games talks about that all the time, chase results, uh, not ketones. And I think that that's an awesome phrase. And I think that, again, that's pulling us from these products that falsely spike up the number, right, for performance or short term and looking more at these non-scale victories, these sustainable shifts for sure. And then um, another one that I kind of alluded to along that concept of foundational support is the stress connection. I heard a lot more people, um, Leanne actually talked about it last year and this year again, cortisol connection. I, of course, talked about it a lot. My lecture was on the anti-anxiety diet. So I talked about how when in a mode of stress, you know, your liver is going to dump sugar, you're going to spike cortisol. Cortisol breaks down muscle, which drops your metabolism. It also it, uh, hinders your production of ketones. 
and adjusts your basal metabolic rate unfavorably. So that stress connection to wellness, I think is starting to make more of a rev. And I'm hoping that my book that's coming out is going to bring more forefront focus to that idea of anxiety and imbalanced stress response really being that Achilles heel to optimal health. Yes. And I would say even beyond stress, we heard a lot about mental health, depression, bipolar. Yes. Um, yes. Good point. We, yeah. I don't know that we noted it and, and epilepsy as well, which, you know, I don't think is an emerging trend. I think that's kind of the longstanding, um, you know, what keto can be great for, but a lot more around actual diagnoses of depression and being able to get off bipolar meds. And I know we'll talk about Carrie Brown, I'm sure in a second here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed hearing her talk and I had watched her lecture previously and I'm just, I find her story really inspiring and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Good. And, uh, okay. So that's good for trends. How yes. about, uh, favorite memories? So highlights, memories, and, and then we'll separate meetings and connections and then we'll go into some Q and A hits. Okay. Good deal. Um, keeping me on track tonight, Allie. <laughs> I'm trying. We've, we've had a long run, We girlfriend. just had so much fun. Um, so favorite memories. It was all just such a wonderful dream or blur. All kind of <laughs> together. But um, I would say I loved meeting more of the team at Dry Farms Wine and really appreciated uh, our friend Anthony bringing us a bottle of a wonderful sparkling rosé for us to give a try. Um, and Brady got two yeah. bottles of a Tribbiani. Ooh. A white grape. Mm-hmm. Nice. Have yeah. you busted Brady, it open yet? Brady, Brady and his dimple charm reign supreme, <laughs> even to a blonde-haired yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, I only got one bottle, so right? you guys are listening. No. <laughs> I know. So yeah, we uh, met that team first in, uh, well, I, I did at Paleo Effect. Actually, I met them first last year at KetoCon, but didn't attend any socials or anything. And then at Paleo Effects, I was at the VIP dinner um, because I lectured and then another charity dinner. So we really got to kind of goof around with their team. In fact, we will be having their owner on for a podcast episode that will air in August. And the reason is I really fell in love with the concept. As you guys know, I like the grape. I like the fermented grape the most, not really table grapes, but um, I am a fan of wine. And I definitely know the big drawbacks are the influence of mold and aflatoxins. And the other drawback is sulfites. And so the cool thing is they do third-party assess for both mold as well as sulfite residues. And they specifically source from like biodynamic small-scale farms. They do third-party testing for uh, potency and toxicity. And then they kind of procure you a box that you can do with different memberships. I Like I said, you will learn more soon. Uh, there's some really scary stuff going on in the wine industry beyond glycophosate and the GMO influence of Roundup in our groundwater and so forth. There's a lot of adulteration happening to wines that we would not imagine things going on with. Um, so definitely tune in. We're going to be, I think it's, I think it's going to be Todd that we're going to be interviewing and um, it'll be in, in August. But if you're eager to try them out or learn more now, also on our Instagram, if you go to our tap bio, Dry Farms, you can click on that button and add a penny bottle. So a bottle for a penny to your first order. So pretty cool option there. Yeah, for sure. I'm super psyched to try more of their products and review on how it makes me feel the next day. Yeah, I have a lot of pro a lot of clients, and I honestly, because I love wine, I don't tend to have a negative influence from it when I'm, you know, of course, being within a reasonable range. And I always take our ultimate detox yes. um, when I drink alcohol. So I, I don't tend to have a poor reaction, but I will say that I never have any like nasal or any gunk. So I do know that there's definitely a different and it is cleaner. So super excited to share that with you guys for a resource. And then if you are drinking, definitely order our ultimate detox and still take two at bed and two in the morning. Still going to help your liver because yeah. <laughs> their dry farms wine will not detox for you. It still has alcohol in it. Yeah. Yeah. They need to use it with ultimate detox and then we can talk. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think that would work, but hey. no. No. Uh, 
Let's talk about your VIP dinner experience and your lecture. Hours. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a really great, um, Brian with Keto Evangelist does such an awesome job putting this on. His whole team is phenomenal and the events were just really great. No pretentious attitudes. All of the speakers, the people that I hadn't met that I was super excited to meet. I'm actually an introvert by nature, believe it or not. So I still haven't met Maria Emmerich. I'm like so sad. I saw her kids running around. Oh, and I, we missed that one. Ellen. I know. I saw her like twice and I just like feel like, oh, you have like so many people bombarding you. Who am I? I'm, it's not worth me running up to you. So one of these times I will definitely meet her, but I got to meet a lot of other people and we'll talk about them in a moment. And um, just really good energy and vibes. The dinner was fantastic. Got to see Danny and Mora Vega again. Um, met them last year. They're just so fun. And um, really love the work that Danny uh, does with Brian with the Keto Evangelist Athlete. And um, just just cool stuff. So the dinner was great. Um, I, I really enjoyed doing my lecture. I, uh, took a GABA calm before, so I didn't feel anxious at all. Yes. And, um, we got a really good rev of interest following the lecture of people that wanted to either, you know, start on some of our top anti-anxiety formulas. Uh, the book comes out soon. So stay tuned. Next podcast, we'll be talking more about direct updates. But um, you can already go on our website, Allie Miller RD. If you hover under uh, .com, if you hover under books and programs, there'll be a dropdown for the anti-anxiety diet, and you can learn about our top five most successful anti-anxiety supplements, and um, that I use in clinic. And then also, you'll get to watch a little trailer on the premise of the book, and you can pre-order it. We definitely sold through all of our GABA calm and right like, after and your lecture. You get a calm and clear, and you get yeah. a calm and clear. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And then I would say for me, I was just so darn proud of you up on the, um, I don't remember the title of the panel, but it was a medical panel. It was just a medical panel. Yes. It was called medical panel. Mm-hmm. Um, but holding your own with the likes of Dr. Nadir Ali, who I enjoyed meeting, Dr. John Lemansky, who we've had on the podcast, and Dr. Anna, I believe it's Quebeca. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were the only non-doctor on that panel, and you killed it, girl. Thanks. Sometimes I feel like I don't see anything, but I, I guess I said some smart stuff. You said some stuff. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, and then I really enjoyed meeting uh, Ross. I mentioned already from F Bomb and uh, their whole interaction. It was really cool talking to him after we recorded our podcast. I almost wish I would have talked to him before because he gave me Bruce Fife, um, who's an author that wrote Stevia Deception. He gave me Stevia Deception. Um, but Bruce Fife has also written Stop Alzheimer's Now, The Coconut Oil Miracle and so many more nutrition-related researched books. And we just had a really fun rant. And um, I I put up an Instagram post uh, yesterday about a client whose blood sugar went up and ketones went down from stevia. And they like replied and they're like, we're on this team with you. This is awesome. They're like really stoked. So like I said, stay tuned and um, check out the link if you're interested in trying out F-Bomb. Awesome. And like Ali said, we recorded our last podcast at KetoCon. And yeah, that was a fun of, experience. Yeah. So Chris from the Keto Evangelist crew came over and was offering up their booth for interviews. And we're like, hey, we have an idea. We need to get a podcast out this weekend and we're scheduled to be here 12 plus hours a day. Uh-huh. You just use your booth. And he was so sweet and warm and welcoming and set us up. And again, our sound probably sounds better than we ever have thanks to him. It was so, so fun. And we'll see if we are able to upload the video. He filmed it as well. And it was so funny because we're not used to being recorded. So every now and then Becky would realize she was on film and she would just have a random awkward smile. (laughs) I think we need to upload it anyway. (laughs) If just for funsies, I would allow it. Yeah. It's probably not my best work. (laughs) And then my last memory recap before we go on to connections. And then I think we limit it to just the Q and A's from the conference. Fair enough. um, Yeah. But um, I think my favorite memory overall, like I kind of opened with was it was just so cool to have people come up that uh, are listeners to the podcast 
and maybe haven't even become direct clients, but letting us know how we've changed their lives, uh, you know, a tidbit or a uh, tool that we've added to their tool belt or a supplement that they've added or two or three to their regimen and how they're seeing improved outcomes, optimal function, improved sleep, cognitive clarity. I heard people, I got a big hug from a woman that said calm and clear saved her marriage (laughs) all the way up to someone that said that digestate enzyme makes them confident that they can leave their house now. Um, Individuals where they were using GI lining powder and now have weaned off of their PPIs or their Nexium all the way up to clients that came and hugged that were wheelchair bound and are now walking or have seen a weight loss of greater than 50 pounds. So super, super cool. And um, that's what it's all about. Like kind of just living the passion and sharing the message and knowing that it's influencing people and improving their, their day-to-day quality of life. Yes, definitely makes us feel like our time spent on the podcast and in clinic is super, super worth it. And so inspiring and so awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming up. Yes. So let's talk about some of the people that we met and connections. Yeah. Ones we haven't mentioned. (laughs) So I met uh, Drew Manning um, from Fit to Fat to Fit. And actually I met him at Paleo Effects. He moderated the uh, keto mastermind panel that I was in. But I didn't get to really, literally I jumped on stage because I lectured right before the panel. (laughs) So yeah, I like literally jumped on stage and, you know, he was there with the mic and then I kind of jumped off and got a picture with Rob Wolf after because that was like a big bucket list thing of being on a panel with him. It's like, whoa. Um, And then, yeah, didn't get to meet Drew. And I actually didn't even know his story. I didn't understand his handle or Instagram of fit to fat to fit, but I saw his lecture. He opened, um, I think on Saturday morning when I was there with Brady and he intentionally for six months gained over 60 pounds and so that he could better experience the emotional connection to being obese and understand struggle of food addiction and such. And it was just a really empowering, uh, lecture. I thought he was super cool Uh, very down to earth. And we're definitely going to have him on the podcast around the holidays to talk a little bit more about the emotional elements of eating and kind of goal setting and accountability factors. So he was awesome. I also didn't get to connect with directly, but we saw each other's lectures. Um, Ketogenic girl, uh, Vanessa, and um, she had hit me up on Instagram because I guess she saw me talk in the medical panel. And then I got to see a component of her lecture. And um, I think that I will be doing some work on her podcast. We've connected and we'll likely have her on as well. Um, she was hilarious and talked about this concept of keto fatigue. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I it was that. like keto fatigue. People in your um, household or also those that are stuck within your, your area, like being on an airplane, whatnot, that hear you relentlessly talking about the wonderful benefits of ketosis. Um, she was just great, super funny, had some awesome tips. And um, we're on a very similar mindset that she's also against non-caloric sweetener. So she's been all about kind of what I've been posting as of recent. And I think it was a really awesome connection to make. And then my last one was Carrie Brown, who also was last, well, because she's involved with Brian in the Keto Evangelist Evangelist Kitchen. I didn't meet her in person last year, but she came up and met me. She talked about how she managed her bipolar disease, and she's really passionate about the suicide epidemic. We're definitely going to have her on for an episode as well here, and I will be doing a guest episode on Keto Evangelist Kitchen. Uh, really good synergy, but she came up to me because she had a terrible migraine and someone told her, oh, you need to go to Allie Miller and you need to get on her super turmeric. And dun, 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 I will say, she said that within six hours, her migraine had totally dissipated and she was blown away and um, was raving all about it. So we also sold a lot of super turmeric. I was going to say, yeah. Shared it on her Instagram and was like telling everyone like, oh my gosh, this stuff is amazing. And it is, I will tell you, it is amazing. Um, so if you haven't purchased super turmeric yet, I take one a day as baseline and I up it to like three if I'm on my period or if I have any big residual aches or headaches or things like that. 
For sure. And her roommates, I guess, that stayed with her during the conference, several of them came up and bought it and also told me that Carrie slept better than she has in months after taking it. So I'm like, yeah. there might be a connection there, which is uh-huh. amazing. Yeah. So how about your top two or three highlights, Becky? Oh, new gosh. You met a lot well, more new people than me, I guess. Right. All of it was new to me. And I'm like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. I follow you. And we kind of feel like we know each other, but right. you know, meeting in the flesh is still amazingly important. And I have to say, you know, I was starstruck like all weekend with folks who came up to me. I'm like, oh, you have so many Instagram followers. And they were just like so kind and so nice. And reminder that people are people. (laughs) We're all in this together. Um, But definitely Jimmy Moore was definitely a big highlight um, and gives amazing hugs and was just so warm. Yeah. Welcoming and kept bringing folks over to our booth to meet us, Yeah, which was so appreciated and just, you know, and shout out specific yes. to Jimmy. We wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have started the podcast if it wasn't for him. I actually hit him up and he got on Skype with me and was like, this is a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> These are things to consider. Here's avenues you can upload it. And I'm not even kidding. He's been amazing. Such an awesome advocate. And from last year meeting him in person, I mean, he's, he's just so amazing and so good at connecting people and really, like you said, a genuine human being who's passionate about the movement. So I think he's a great one to highlight for sure. Yes. And then Brian Williamson from Keto Evangelist and his whole team. I mean, honestly, I was just, I was super impressed with Brian and his ability to be like in seven different places at once. Like it felt like every time we needed something, he was right there. I was like, Hey, let me know if you need anything your lectures in five minutes. Here's what's yep. going on. I don't know how he did that. And I don't either. I don't know if he well, slept I think he at all. Him. I think he cloned himself. I swear. Yeah. yeah. Brian it's and, and it's Robin. entirely possible. Robin yeah. was awesome as yes. well. They're both phenomenal. Yeah. Their whole team was just amazing and so supportive and, you know, asking for feedback constantly on what they could improve. And just really, we really felt taken care of. And I haven't experienced that at a conference before. So yeah. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> Awesome. Um, and then last one, I would say definitely meeting Leanne, who we've had on the podcast before, but I hadn't met in person. And my husband, Byron, went up to her husband, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're the people that live in the RV. I'm like, oh my God, they're in the middle of the conversation. Don't annoy them. <laughs> they were just so darling, so sweet. I give Leanne a hug when she stepped off stage. And I think at first she like thought I was a weird super fan. So sorry about that. I was just- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then had time to explain myself a little bit later and chat about her book tour. Um, but she's yeah. so awesome and so, so sweet. And definitely looking forward to connecting again in the future and going out to dinner at some point. Breathing breathing, yes. hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> right. Things. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So I think we get, give good coverage. Um, you know, overall, like we said, there's always going to be whenever you're looking at food products, processed foods that are parading as healthy. And I'm not a brand basher. That's not a part of my brand other than I did do an Instagram of the things that I threw away, but, um, you know, as a story, but not as a post. And I, I'd rather focus all my energy on what is good and what I want to build up. Um, but anytime there is a product, you have to always read again, ingredients as much as the macros and be mindful of things that are, you know, zero grams of carbs or sugar free, because what are they using in there? Always stick with whole foods. And then the other thing that we just need to all keep being mindful of as a community and moving forward is this tunnel vision of, uh, you know, getting out of the, I need to be in this mentality. Again, my mantra of doctrine creates disconnect. So how can you get into the N equals one? How can you get into your own biometrics and individualize and customize this to be a lifestyle that works for you? I love it. With that, let's hit up the top two questions real quick. And I'm going to shorten the second question because I have a lot to discuss on it, but I'm going to make an entire episode on Alzheimer's because I think that that was a really sexy trending topic. And um, I need to get deep down the rabbit hole there. 
but but let's talk to of the the hot questions that I was asked on the panel and also that people would come up to the booth and ask both of us about nonstop pretty much. Yeah. So my big one, and I, I was asked this by a client today, I was like, well, let me tell you what we really think. Um, but this one came up on the panel. And um, the question is, what do you think about keto, keto carnivore or eating meat and fat and no vegetables? Yep. Well, and a lot of people that do keto carnivore actually don't even add like necessarily a lot of fats. Some of them just drink okay. and tallow and lard. Like they mm-hmm. won't eat coconut oil or MCT um, or, you know, it, it depends on how they define it. But yes, right. Usually it's like the fats directly from the animal as well. Sure. Um, so, you know, I think the first thing we want to be mindful of is the positive emphasis again from the movement is that a lot of people talked and we talked about this three different people on the medical panel about the snout to tail movement. So if you are eating more animal product, whether you're doing paleo or keto or keto carnivore, it's really important that you don't eat too much meat or muscle fibers. Um, So if you eat too much muscle fibers, you're going to throw off your glycine and methionine ratio. Glycine is seen in things like bone broth and in things like gelatin and cartilage. We get glycine um, from more of the connective, uh, the, the kind of more uh, cartilage and gelatin versus the structural skeletal muscle, if you will. And um, we also get a lot of methylated active B vitamins from organs. So we're going to get a lot of uh, compounds like B6 and B12 and folate all in bioavailable form when we're having liver and kidneys and heart. So eating in a whole food form from snout to tail is a much more appropriate way of doing like a keto carnivore. And most of the arguments that support keto carnivore are in defense of like the Inuit or populations that ate entire animals. So, you know, I don't you, I think that that's a really important thing to discuss. such a good point. Yes. When we're talking about keto carnivore, Today, if it was done in such a way, I would have a different perspective. Um, but often today, people that do keto carnivore are eating um, quarter pounders at Wendy's or are eating processed uh, ground meat daily as their primary proteins, or they might be doing steak cuts, but they're still not going to be getting that optimal balance of that glycine methionine. And if they're not strategically incorporating bone broth daily and organs and tallow and lard, I would have an issue with it of throwing off nutritional balance. And um, that's going to throw off homocysteine levels. Homocysteine is a marker of inflammation and specifically vascular inflammation. So that would be something else that I'd be concerned about. And then short term, a lot of people that their argument for intolerance of vegetables is because vegetables give them bloat or vegetables give them a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of anti-nutrients like lectins and phytates. Well, there's definitely a good, better, best system. So I think that you could do more of a lower vegetable approach. And in fact, even in our keto program, I'll often say you have to snack your way into keto, meaning that you do have to restrict vegetables to get into optimal keto production. And I'm coming from someone that loves vegetables. So I do say that there's warranted uh, truth that restricting your vegetables, restricting those fibers for a period of time can help you to get deeper into keto. But over time, I think that if you're having GI distress, you need to consider like our beat the bloat cleanse, look at the use of berberine, look at the use of our Canda Active formula, which has oil of oregano and thyme oil, things that can fight against fungal or yeast overgrowth, as well as dysbiosis and parasite activity, and um, bring in other additional support within our six-week cleanse, and reset your microbiome, and then bring in those prebiotic-rich fibers in your leafy greens, in your asparagus, in your onions, and your garlic, and those compounds that help to support the growth as fertilizer to the pollination of the good microbiome because we do need those good bugs and they do need to stay viable on fibers. So having a completely zero gram of fiber diet, I'm not on board with for a long-term sustainable impact. Secondary is that I think that the glycine to methionine ratio is often off. We're not getting organs. And then the last thing I'd mention is that if we look back to, again, the Inuit and those types of populations beyond 
the uh, distribution and approach that they used to eat in the whole animal, they also weren't exposed to like EMF and free radicals from 60, you know, 6 billion pounds of industrialized chemicals dumped into the um, atmosphere every year as we're currently facing. So they didn't need as many, I would argue, also phytocompounds to battle free radicals that we do need in today's society. Okay. So if we were doing keto carnivore, it would be a good argument for something like multi-defense, right? Yes. Yes. So if it's something that works for you, and I would say strongly consider doing a our beat the bloat cleanse yeah. um, and really plowing your biome and resetting your gut ma- your gut bacteria and then start with introducing leafy greens. So I'm working with one client right now with two cups of leafy greens three times a week and we're just kind of playing with that and working our way up and addressing and then we're going to run micronutrients and stay on top of things because there isn't an equals one. I'm not going to say across the board that it's a quote unquote bad diet, but there's things we need to be mindful of. Sure. And just because vegetables don't work right now or cause bloat right now doesn't mean they're inherently bad. So I think that's all good takeaways for sure. Um, And then the next question that we got that I'm curious to hear, and and as you said, um, I think we'll do a full episode on Alzheimer's, but let's talk about- We can't get under a damn hour. (laughs) Right. No, we cannot. Oh man. I don't know when this transition happened, but- We're just (laughs) going to get it. Talking. We used to shoot for 45 minutes and now we're like, okay, under an hour and now under an hour and 15 is usually good. But yeah. Hopefully you guys, you know, appreciate the, the added bonus of more information. <laughs> yeah. um, so last question, I promise. Um, let's talk about ApoE4 and um, this genetic predisposition or genetic risk factor for Alzheimer's and how that can play with keto. Yeah. So this was another question a a lot of people were asking because a lot of people go to keto to help to reduce like the beta amyloid plaque, which we see attributed more so with type three diabetes or an elevated hemoglobin A1C. And this is where we're calling, uh, you know, even pre-diabetes a driver of cognitive decline or Alzheimer's. So I do love keto for cognitive function and anti-aging or brain supporting effects. And um, for just one reason of the many, I don't need a rant on why I love keto. I think you guys know. But yes, APOE is a gene and there's varied alleles. So there's different forms of the gene. There's an APOE2, an APOE3, and an APOE4. So you can have, because you get one from mom, one from dad, you could have a two a 2-3, a 2-2, a 3-3, a 3-4, a 4-4. And we have seen in research, especially looking at genetics and outcomes with cardiovascular health, Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, that the APOE4 allele is the one that is most likely to have onset of Alzheimer's disease. And so those that have a 4-4, they are at the highest risk factor. You know, both mom and dad gave them that for copy of that gene. And the big influence is that the APOE4 does influence the way that, that the individual metabolizes saturated fat and often can drive uh, increased plaque formation with saturated fat because there isn't optimized metabolic function. So increased risk has been shown with saturated fat and also if there is high homocysteine levels, um, which is often seen in people that eat too much, again, meat protein versus the glycine forms and or have the MTHFR genetic mutation as well. So ways to address APOE are to consider doing more of a Mediterranean keto. So of your total macros of fat, keep 50% of that from monounsaturated fats. I don't want you doing polyunsaturated, which is going to have you know much more oxidative damage risk, but monounsaturated choices would be a great option for 50% of that 70% of your diet coming from fat. And that's something that you could absolutely do by incorporating uh, you know, nut butters, avocado. You're going to, to be clear, get some polyunsaturates, but if it's a whole food, I'm less concerned than a polyunsaturated oil per se. Um, and then you can use olive oil also. So doing fat bombs with olive oil, like doing a pesto as a fat bomb for, per se, or a chimichurri or something herbaceous as a, as a dip 
as a fat bomb instead of doing the saturated fat fat bombs works really well. So that's way, a way that you can get around it. Also optimizing your omega-3 status. So taking our EPA, DHA extra, at least two capsules a day, maybe getting your omega check run to make sure that your anti-inflammatory support getting methylated B vitamins, so for sure doing our B complex and at least our multi-defense, and that's also gonna have antioxidants to protect against oxidative damage. So clean eating and taking a 50% Mediterranean approach with your fat distribution and supplementing appropriately is a way that you can totally do keto successfully with APOE and not have risk for cognitive decline or Alzheimer's. Awesome. I love that. And like we said, we'll probably do a full episode on this topic upcoming just because it is really hot right now. And there's so much research. It's fun. It's fun to dig down the rabbit hole in. Exactly. And, you know, it's just another consideration that keto isn't one size fits all and that we need to look at our genetic predisposition and look at how our body actually is responding and that we can take this diet and tweak it a million different ways for different individuals. Absolutely. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening as much as Becky and I had discussing our wrap up from KetoCon 2018. As we said, we'll put links to our favorite products and we hope that you check them out, um, support all local startup companies and or in the big wigs <laughs> that are really bringing good stuff to the movement. And as always, if you're enjoying our content, please jump over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review with a sentence or two, and you can ask your questions under the Ask Ally tab at AllieMillerRD.com. Also, when you're over there, you can check out archives of the podcast. You can check out our blog, which you can search by ingredient. That's amazing. And you can check out our shop, which has access to our books and programs and our supplement line, which is third-party assessed for potency, purity to get influence and outcomes from formulas that are safe and effective. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.